Refuge Project. Welcome to The Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place where you can have meaningful conversations in a very safe place. We are your hosts. I am Pastor Caesar. I got Pastor David here. Yeah, I got the bearded wonder James over here. Yeah, and we are featuring this week Pastor Arnufo Rodriguez. Say something to them, Pastor. What's up? There we go. Hey, yeah, we got a great beard going yourself. Yeah, it's pretty days. good. I like it's pretty it. substantial. It's trimmed. It's red. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, today we have some very interesting topics for you today. Today we are discussing the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We are discussing Prison Break. And we are also discussing our main topic today, Get Boot Up, Stay Boot Up. What? There what? we go. All so, right. uh, hey, how are you guys doing? And I'm doing really, really good, man. I'm enjoying the weather. We finally got some good weather here in Houston. Yeah, finally. Uh, you, know, it was, you know, I think this morning it was under 50 degrees. Woke up and it was like 40-something degrees outside, so... Loving life, yeah, loving life, yeah, absolutely. Hey, shout out real quick to our our brother Jimmy. He was listening, and he's a he's he's a very faithful listener now. So shout out, brother Jimmy. We love you, man. So James, how you been doing? Fantastic, killing it as always. <laughs> How's the album doing? I was doing good. We've been doing good. Still sending a bunch of emails every day. Yeah. Trying to get that. Uh, I've, I've got a few blogs to write a few things on it, so that's been cool. I saw some of those awesome. stories, man. They yeah, were really still good. Got, like a lot to like send it to though. So and the yeah, show, the show here at Elam Church is when again? December third. It's a Thursday night, and I was needing to talk to you about that. I yeah, think yeah. we're going to try to push the start to about eight o'clock. But, okay. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well. All right, 8 o'clock is pretty dark. I'm pretty sure we're going to get the cops out, but that's all right. Hey, well, it's dark like 5 o'clock. We got love for the anyway. 502. Yeah, one more time for the uh, the name of the project and where they can find it. Uh, it's called, the, new, the album is called, go ahead and ignore this if you want. The band name is Eucalyption. That's spelled E-U-C-A-L-Y-P-T-I-O-N. And you can find it anywhere you listen to music. Boom. Que es eso? <laughs> All right, well, let's go ahead and uh, jump right into the culture corner. Yeah. 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 Watch me. Watch me. <laughs> Look out. All right, James, what you got? Okay, so the story I got today, um, it's not really so much a pris- as a prison break story as it is like a prison recapture story. But so this guy back in the 60s, he goes to jail. Uh, for he gets life in prison, no chance of parole. When he was 16, he uh, joined in some kind of riot. Uh, it was shortly after the uh, Martin Luther King assassination, and all so there was a bunch of all, all that stuff going on. So he's in some riot, 16 years old. He's got uh, one of those, what is it called, a Molotov cocktail yeah, thing. Yeah. He's thrown it at a building just like everybody else is going crazy. Well, he, uh, this lady is in one of those buildings that gets burned down. She gets, uh, Super bad burns and ends up dying like a couple months later. It gets connected to him, so he goes to jail, gets life in prison, no chance parole, and he's like 16. And uh, so shortly after that, like a couple years later, I think it was, he somehow gets permission to go to his grandma's funeral. Uh, I don't really know. They didn't really go into detail how that worked, but he gets, so he's outside of the jail to attend his grandma's funeral. While he's gone, he runs away, gets away with it. He lives on the run for 49 years under a bunch of different names and all that stuff. So, uh, but he just recently got captured like a week ago uh, because he got in trouble for, he was somehow working at a pharmacy and one of his coworkers got him, uh, like snitched on him for stealing some pills. And uh, so they got his fingerprints and somehow ended up connecting his fingerprints to uh, that case from 50 years ago. And they realized it was the same dude. So now he's like... 
facing those same charges again. And anyway, it's a whole crazy thing. Man, if you made it out that long, you be, you need to be walking that tightrope. Yeah, you know no. what I'm saying? But he's been gone. It's like 49 years. So he kind of probably he felt like lacking. he was done. Yeah. yeah. He got comfortable out there in the free world. And he was going back to his old self and started popping them pills. And then when mm-hmm. you start popping them pills, you start making bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Kids, he sold 80 of them. <laughs> kids, <laughs> stay off the drugs or off you're going the- to prison. <laughs> 80 times 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the whole article, so that was like most of the article, but then it goes into this whole thing because when, uh, when he originally was uh, uh, convicted or whatever, he was 16 years old. So that was like the whole big issue is that he's getting life in prison for stuff he did when he was 16 years old. And wow. They made some new law. Um, I can't remember the time frame. But anyway, it was just talking about people that get convicted of, like, life in prison when they're teenagers under 18 and stuff. And it was just a whole interesting thing. But, yeah, that was the story. Imagine what the conversation would be like whenever he gets back in there with the other inmates, you know? Like, bruh. Yeah, I thought you wasn't coming back. <laughs> no, it'd be more like oh, I thought you weren't coming, but I mean, forty nine years, forty nine, forty nine. He basically yeah. got to live his life. Yeah, still, so yeah. that's yeah. crazy. Well, I yeah. mean, as far as gonna... prison breaks go, I think he was pretty successful. That yeah. made it. Yeah, yeah, to the very end. Yeah. Now he's gonna get to. He gets to retire now. He don't have to work no more. Yeah, basically. Yep. <sighs> All right. Well, I, I got a, a story. We're going to talk about the Fresh Prince of Bel Air rebooting. They're going to come out what? with a new Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And for everything that I found, it's going to be uh, it seems like they're bringing all the uh, old actresses and actors back, except Uncle Phil, which when you know, he passed back in I think 2013 or something like mm. that. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a little bit different. It's going to be a little bit darker. It's going to be a reboot of how um, they would have filmed it these days. You know, Fresh Prince of Bel Air was kind of real happy and go lucky, and, and there was some serious scenes in it this time. Mm-hmm. But this is more of a real uh, picture of what it would if you would took a young black man out of the inner city and brought him to Bel Air mm-hmm. and the struggles that you would have. Um, you know, trying to adjust into a, more of a white community, into uh, your. Your uh, uncle trying to raise you as a young man when you didn't have a father before, and those. So this is more like drama, less comedy. It's, yes, it is definitely a drama. So let, let's mm-hmm. look at this, and then y'all can comment on it uh, in a few minutes. See, for some reason, you think this is a game. This is not a game, Will. Look at you. Look at you. The only reason why you're not in jail is because Uncle Phil called in a favor. Take your time. Go deep. Champion. Too easy. You throw this? You're stupid. Carrying a gun on the streets to protect yourself? I've done my best, Will. But it's time for a change. You're going to Bel Air to live with your uncle and your auntie. Bel Air, out of all places. This is a second chance, Will. Don't waste it. Will, I will not bail you out again. And this house 
I'm not Uncle Phil. I'm the law. Have I made myself absolutely clear? Yeah. Yeah. There are no butlers to clean up your messes. You've got to be responsible for yourself. So, Will, what brings you to Bel Air? I caught with a gun. How are we related again? Shut up, Carlton. He's from the streets of Philadelphia. Will needs discipline. Just a little time. Just a little time and a little love. We are what he needs. Why don't you go back to Philly? Born and raised, right? You think I would ever want to be in this life? You're not welcome, Will. This is fake. Wherever you're from. This is fake. You ain't do anything to earn this. I never had nothing. My life ain't a sitcom, I guess. I don't even feel like I belong here. Just give it some time. Everything happens for a reason. Yo, you must be from Philly. Yeah. What's up, man? I'm Will. Jazz. Jazz? Hey, so what part of town you staying in? Bel Air. They got you out there? All right, Philly. Let's see what you got. Will, welcome to Bel Air Academy. How's everything going at Bel Air? It's not too bad out here. I just made the team. I'm so proud of you. I'm so glad you're here. I need to take you shopping. Rodeo Drive. Oh, my gosh. All right. Man, I've, I was getting some goosebumps kind of watching that. I'm, I'm down for it, man. I don't know about how y'all feel about the Fresh Prince I reboot. I it's a series or a movie. Yeah, they, they signed a two-year, uh, two-series deal with Peacock. I mean, they taking, <laughs> they taking over the game. <laughs> the bird is back. The bird is back. The bird is back. I was just expecting... You know, the, the whole theme song in West Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah, no, I was like, no, where, where is it at? Yeah, they didn't so, go that direction at all. Not at all. So, uh, it's kind of dark, really. Yeah, really so I mean, I think, I think it's going to be good. To just, I mean, of course, they can make three minutes look whatever they want to make it look, but how can they yeah. s- span that over, you know, however many hours of material? I thought you said it had all the same actors. That was like all new people. I think that like the, the cameos or something. The names yeah, are the same, but I saw I'm new like, people. The other the other one I seen was like a fa- uh, like a, a, a FaceTime or whatever they were talking about all of them. They said they're bringing them back, so I don't know if they and have. They probably just do like little scenes here. Yeah. And there. Is Will Smith like executive producing or something like yeah, that? Exactly, he is. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Is he's yeah, executive yeah. producer? Um, so I'm kind of curious to see you know what's going on uh, and how they end up playing all that stuff yeah, back. So. It's an interesting interpretation. Yep, yep. Yeah. All it's, right, it's way different. Yeah, than what the. French Prince of Bel Air represents you know, like comedy, silly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's totally different, you know, and it's like more of a dramatic drama, you know, like James said. But uh, it's going to be interesting how it plays out. And it all started by a fan submitting like a a, a screen roll or whatever uh, of kind of this and saying, wouldn't it be cool if this was it got the attention of Will Smith? And he was just like, let me work on it. You know, so he worked on it That's for cool. he worked on it for some for some time, and then he he hooked up with this um, one producer that has all this you know resources and stuff, and uh, so they're going in on it. Yeah, so, wow. Yep, cool, interesting. All right, listen, uh, I got a, I got another song for y'all today. This is by Crowder. I had spent most of my money, like all of I spent all my money. We're not afraid Terror's a 
Crushing Snake Showdown. That was a jam for me when I heard it. I was just like, okay, like David Crowder band. Yeah, Crowder, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's different. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> that. I mean, like you look at the guy. He looks like he belongs on Duck Dynasty. So he's yeah. doing some yeah. kind of hip hop kind of. Yeah, he's pulling it, a Florida Georgia line. Oh yeah. no, he went more six string. He went more poppy on that one. I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Boy, it seemed pretty good. Though. Yeah, yeah, it seemed pretty yeah. good. So. All right. Maybe well, want to go crush some snakes. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, Pastor Nufo, thanks again for being here. Uh, you know, we got a lot of wisdom in the room and a lot of things going on in the world right now. So we'd like to bring that extra voice in sometimes when we talk about certain subjects. Uh, you've been married for a long time. You got a wonderful, wonderful bride in, in your own home. So when we decided to do this and we, we made some trips today doing some, some things for the church, we just like, let's go ahead and bring you in here. Uh, and the wisdom that you have learned over the over the years and see if you have a, a voice in this and we know you do so pastor caesar what are we doing today all right so like we started and said uh get boot up stay boot up if you in case you don't know what that means if you are an over 45er um it is uh relationships you know uh you're, you're looking to get married you are married at some point you know you, you don't want to be forever alone and uh you know we uh we know we don't talk about theology too much on uh, on this podcast that that has its place in its time but um you know uh, three out of the f- uh, out of the four of us sitting in here we've all uh done some advising with some couples whether they're we're looking to get married or they're they're having some troubles in their marriage or they're just looking for a voice of uh of uh, you know just a just a sounding board to, to see what's going on. I'm sure James, you've encountered some of that with some of your friends as well if they're married. Yeah. Um, so you know, uh, a, a pastor that was near and dear to my life. He's uh, he's gone on to be with the Lord, but he he told me that the two most Im- the the two most uh, not important things, but the two most uh, common things that he encounters in his office have to deal with uh, romance in a marriage. And money in a marriage whenever he's dealing with people. Yep. Money and romance. And knowing how to just kind of balance that, even have a conversation about that seems to be a really hard thing. Now, I know whenever you're all young and stuff like that, all you care is all like, 
well, does she got cake? Does she got cake? You know, that, and, that, and that's all. You, that that means a rear end, okay? <laughs> for, for, for you that are Big not booty. that are not hip to the jive, right? Because it's all about looks. It's all superficial in the beginning, and all, all mostly people just worry about the outside. But then you're with them for a considerable amount of time, and then you realize that uh, beauty really is just skin deep when that kind of beauty, right? And uh, and then now you have to live with the person not after you made that commitment, right? Especially when you are a Christian. Yeah. Especially when you are a Christian. So you have to have very important conversations that go beyond the superficial, that get to the root of the matter on who really is this person that I'm deciding to spend the rest of my life with. So I, I just have a couple questions here that I actually um, got off from... Uh, um, from Pastor John Piper, fantastic preacher, just just in, incredible fountain of wisdom uh, to just to kind of help us move along today. And for you that are listening, uh, whether you're looking to get married, you've been married for a good amount of time, or you just need a reminder on some of these things, or you know what, maybe you've never even had these conversations, and and you'll find out that uh, the root of a lot of your tension in the house is probably because these things have never been addressed. We're here to help you, your friendly neighborhood refuge project. We are here. So what? what? I, <laughs> so I kind of wanted to start out and just asking you guys these questions, and I want to start out with this first, this first one because really I think all of these hinge on this one. But uh, but it's about theology, and it says, well, what is that? Right? Well, it's what do you believe about everything? You know, whenever if you can, if you guys can go back and uh, and remember whenever you were dating your significant other, you were talking to your significant other, was God even in the conversation? If He was, if He was important to you guys, you know the, what you think about God. It, it's it's very important throughout the length of your marriage so uh how did y'all navigate that i want to go first I uh, go, go yeah go ahead I answer you're first. the you're new, newliest wet well yeah, so i go first on them yeah yeah okay here we go uh so let's see so for me um so i mean obviously you guys know me i've grown up in elam church for forever so that's always been a thing for me um for her she her family doesn't really most of her family doesn't really go to church much or they do they hit the major holidays you know they probably you know quote believe in god but they're not really active and all that kind of stuff great people but that's kind of where they stand so she went to um i don't remember which church she went to but she she went to different churches a little bit growing up here and there with her family but like i said they don't really actively go um so when we started kind of uh dating a little bit and stuff uh like i said i've always been <clears throat> active in the church and all that kind of stuff so uh she just kind of started coming with me a little bit because uh, she was she was always interested in that and kind of wanted to learn a little more about god and all that but like i said her family was never really kind of pushing it uh, i don't think she really had anybody in her family to kind of show her the way in that sense but so she just kind of we went out a couple times and then Next thing you know, it was like we went out on a Saturday night. What are you doing tomorrow? Oh, well, doing church stuff in the morning. Oh, well, why don't I come with you? And then, you know, she started coming, and it's just kind of gotten closer to the Lord ever since. So that's kind of how it's gone with us. Yeah, so, so it's like, but see, there's a difference because whenever people say, oh, yeah, I go to church, there's a difference between I go to church and I go to church, right? Yeah. <laughs> right? And you go to church. I go to yeah, church, or I'm a part of the church. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, how did, how was that? Like, whenever she first, like, oh, you really are. Oh, like, oh, I mean, you, your your parents got like yeah, pictures yeah. up in the hallways, <laughs> and, and you know, your grandpa like yeah. cornerstone type yeah, he's going a, to church. He's, he's a dynasty. I don't know? think it was that crazy for her because, like I said, I mean, we knew. Well, I didn't say just now, but uh, we uh, I knew we knew each other for like a couple years before we started dating 
Um, so we kind of like she knew what I was about and I knew what she was about before we started dating. So it wasn't like she had like a, we met once or twice and she was like, oh, you're a Christian. No, it was like, <laughs> you know, if you work, if you if you go to our job and you meet me once, you don't even have to meet me. You can just hear about me. Everybody knows what James is about and all that. So, yeah, so she she had a pretty good idea. She probably didn't know, like, exactly that, you know, my parents pictures can be on the wall and that kind of stuff. But, like, she knew I was pretty involved. And all. Right. For me. Um, so my grandfather prophesied it over me and said that I was going to marry Sandra. Which Did he was, tell Sandra that? Yeah, he told both of us that. <laughs> and it was, it, was at a, it was at a time where... Uh, Sounds like a wingman. Yeah, <laughs> right? He said, don't worry, boy, I got you. <laughs> I, I was still in the streets, though. Mm. I was still out there um, gangbanging, selling drugs, all that stuff. And uh, Sandra was straight. You know, she's always been, you know, hyper focused on education, and, yeah. and and she was in college. She, you know, trying to get her bachelor's degree, and then she, well, of course, she went on to get two master's degree after that. But so we were like two totally separate worlds, and um, so I, I was just like, okay, whatever, you know, and then just went, just continued to live my life. Um, but then I guess, um, really, after my last run in with the the law is when I. Uh, I decided to change my life and I came back to church. And then through that process, she was just at my, my, my parents' house. You know, she was best friends with my mom and my sister. And, um, so I started going to church. Of course I was going to church with her and my parents and stuff. And then like something naturally, whatever that God thing was that my my grandfather prophesied started bringing us closer together. And then I, you know, right before court, I was going to my final court. I was just like, all right, well, we're done, you know, and I just called it off with her because um, I was looking at years, you know, so I was just like, I'm not going to drag you through this. Yeah. Go ahead and, you know, deal with your life. You get so much of a bright future ahead of you and all that. So I really just called it off. And um, one thing left or another, I had a great lawyer and he, you know, I ended up only having to do four months or whatever. And she came and seen me every single day. For four months, held wow. it down. Huh? Held it down, bro. Mm-hmm. After you told her y'all weren't together anymore, yeah. She said, I mean, no, I'll to be the there. point where she like you jerk. I know, I, I, <laughs> and I wish I could tell you that. I wish I could tell you that, like when I got out, that I respected her for that and those things. But like, God was still trying to change my heart, and I was still the street dude, mm-hmm. and I was still, I was still like t- treating her like a street chick, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and she was even like at the house, like holding it down for real, helping my parents and my kids while I was locked up wow. and all those things. And and Man. so finally, when I got out, we got back together. But I was I was still rough around the edges and kind of fell back into a few things. And then um, I remember one day she, she went out and this is kind of where I'm going with the whole God thing. Uh, she went out. We, we got married. And but it was still one of those. It, it wasn't good. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I. I I did it because I loved her. She loved me, but I I needed a lot of work. Mm-hmm. You know, I needed a lot of work. I needed God to continue to change me and uh started smoking weed again. And she was out shopping one day and she's so innocent. Like she ain't never seen drugs or weed. Nothing. She ain't never seen nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was at the house watching the kids and she came home and she found some weed on the back of the toilet cuz I got so high that I, I forgot and left the weed out, you know. And uh <laughs> And she came home and she was just like, what is this? Guess that's all. What is this? 
And I'm just like, oh, that's it, nothing. It's oregano. It's nothing, but she kind of understood. And, uh, and you know, she if it wasn't for her mom, we wouldn't even be, be together. So she's like, I'm out. You know, and she went to her mom's house. Her mom was like, nope, you picked them. Go home and work it out. <laughs> you know? And uh, so she came oh, home. Uh, yeah, exactly. So I got up in my room by myself, bro. And I was just, I got in front of God. I was just crying in front of God. I was just like, God, like... Here I am in my twenties, about to go through my second divorce. I got these all these kids I'm dragging through this mess. I said, I want to be the the man that you want me to be. You know, I don't want my. I said, God, wake me up and and you know, encourage me to go to church. Not my wife begging me to go to church. You know, and from from that point forward, I decided. God showed me the man that he wanted me to be and the father and the husband and all those things. And it was a long road, a long road from that point forward. But I just took one thing at a time and fixed it. And when I continue to move on and 10 years later, I, I become a, a good husband. Yeah. But it took a while. So yeah, it took God. How about you, Pastor Anufa? How, how Ten important? Years. That's, uh, that's, that's about the average time. <laughs> I met my wife during the De La Hoya fight back in 2002, 2003, one of those years. And uh, we started dating. And uh, we uh, we began, we started dating for about nine months. And then I, I went on a journey. I went to this uh, magnificent resort over there in Beeville, Texas, for about three years. And uh, she'd come see me, write me letters. And uh, we became, I think, I thank God for it because uh, during our dating time, it was about romancing and then, uh, you know, trying to be somebody, you know, because you're attracted to somebody. And we get in that zone where we try to do things that are really not our character, but because we're in, in love and we want to be with somebody, we make changes in our in our in who we are. And during that time, we were corresponding through letters. And, and during that time, when I met Gloria, she was a she was Catholic. I was Catholic. Uh, well, we thought we were Catholic. You know, and uh, we knew of God. We didn't really know God. And during that three years, uh, we got really into the Bible and we started reading. We started sharing scripture. We started doing Bible study through letters. And I think through that correspondence, it really built a unity and a bond between us to prepare us for marriage. Because marriage should be based on communication and knowing somebody from the inner, not from the outside. Because it's easy to love somebody's body and not to know who they are spiritually and who they are as a, as a, par- as a person. Yeah. And during that time, we really got to know each other. And uh, when I was uh, got released in 2007, we started attending Elam Church and uh, came here and uh, got re- rededicated our vows here at church with Pastor Ron and uh, started serving God and started getting co- involved in the church. And uh, one thing led to another. And uh, by the grace of God, now we, we do marriage counseling and I counsel men, she counsels women. And uh, the, the, the most important thing, though, that, that in my opinion, in a marriage is getting to know your spouse, who they really are. Not in the church and, and not in, in the public, but in, in your home. Because uh, when you know who your spouse is, you, you get along so much better. Because in life, we pray for a spouse and we ask God to bring us into a relationship. And but we're still looking with the fleshly eye. We're not looking through the spiritual eye to find that perfect person that God has for us. And right. I think when we yeah. separate ourselves from that and we allow God to minister to us and lead us to the right woman and allow us to build a relationship that's going to go for eternity, you know, for the end of time. Through that long haul, you know, seeing the a lot of the older uh, marriages in our church and how these men uh, love their wives is a is a testimony on how we have you know men here to set an example to help us and to guide us and 
just like Pastor Mark, Pastor Ron, you know, they've been faithful to their marriage and yeah. they're happily married, you know, 40 years. You're like 40 years, right? right? It's like a lifetime, but 40 years doesn't sound that far off now. right? Exactly. <laughs> and that's a beautiful thing. But yeah, it's, a, it's, it's great to be here, you know, and, and to share that with you guys. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and the reason I bring that one up, because everything else really does hinge off that your your belief as a as, as a couple um it, it forms the rest of your life. It, right. gi- it gives you a, a, a it gives you a base point on where we can have a meaningful discussion and why we do the things that what we do. So if you're not married, you need to be asking and thinking right now. You know w- what are my thoughts about God and whoever I'm bringing in into this relationship with with you with me is it, it, are they going to have at least a similar approach to it because if you believe in different gods you're going to lead two different lives so it all starts from from right there it needs you need to have a base point at least for that's conversation right. whether that, that's what the bible talks about being evenly yoked it's not about black or white people this is not what it's talking about you know i know right. some of you old school people out there you can't marry a black girl or whatever it may be that's not what the scripture means what I at all. Mm-hmm. yeah so it means about having the same understanding of who god is God's so you can continue to, to you know eventually you know, raise your kids up in that that area that's crazy that we're talking about this today because yesterday i was having a conversation with a, with one of my brothers and he was telling me about his 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 daughter she's in a and she's married to this individual and he's atheist and she's Christian. He's like, man, I'm really hoping that my daughter will convert him and she won't he won't convert her. Right. So it's a battle going on within their in their lives on. He doesn't believe in God. She believes in God and the dad believes in God. So he's praying to God for him, for his daughter to be strong enough to convert the 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 man. And and in my and I'm thinking about it and we were talking about it and I was just thinking how how an awkward situation that is to get married to someone that doesn't believe in God like you do yeah. or doesn't he doesn't even believe that God exists you know and that's just overwhelming that they would even consider marriage and then you bring kids in the whole thing and it gets even oh, more well, we're getting there okay. yeah yeah we're, right, we're, we're, we're going on in that line but it's like but how, you know how how important is it to, to to pray with your significant other but see you know my ministry what I focus on mostly is just young people right and that's that's any every anywhere from 12 to 30 right so uh, people that are not married people that are not married you know i don't encourage them to have private bible studies together right and let me tell you why let me tell you that might sound crazy but let me tell you why Thank you for smiling uh, over here. Yeah, no, no. Let me let me tell you why. You do, need to. Do you, they listen? <laughs> no, no, they don't. But I, but but I have to be the one that says, you know, Amen. this is what it is. That's right. But uh, you know, passionate about learning the Bible. Yeah, yeah. they're passionate. Yeah, they're passionate. Yeah, but no. Yeah. But, but the reason the reason I, I I you know and I don't discourage learning the Bible because it just sounds weird to say that. Sounds like right? you're anti Bible. No, 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 no. What ends up happening? Passion. No, especially. Jackets are coming off. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Let me tell you why. Because our relationship with God represents the most intimate and intense relationship that we can have. A meaningful relationship in this entire world. Whenever you're dating somebody that you don't even know if you're going to marry that person, you are inviting them into the most personal relationship that you have. It's kind of like whenever you take a girlfriend over to a family get together. You know how everybody's looking like, she ain't even your wife, bro. Why is she here? You know, that kind of thing. And I... I, I Again, discourage is maybe a harsh word to say it. I just don't encourage it because this is what happens, especially with young believers that don't have a really good framework yet, right? Because now whenever, let's say that that, that, that relationship goes south, mm-hmm. okay? That relationship goes south. Now, every time they think about God, 
They're going to think about that fool. Yeah. They're going to think about that one. They're going to think about Elam Church, yeah. right? Or whatever. And they say, wait, pump the brakes a little bit. If you guys are really serious about that, we'll show you. I'll, I'll give you ways you can study in a healthy way, but it's always going to be in a corporate setting. It's always yeah. going to be with accountability, uh, not not just to yourself, because, you know, two young people, and I, and I walk that road myself, you know, so I know the, the temptation that is there, and you just... I just don't, you know, and let's say this, even if I mess up that relationship, right? If I was dating somebody, if I mess up that relationship, I don't want them to get a bad taste for God in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? It blurs the line, right? So but, it's hard to separate, to separate the two. Um, I mean, I can remember my high school sweetheart. We were dating for several years, you know, and it, it, this was the one, you know, this was the oh, one yeah. I was going to marry and all that. And uh, she ended up like, Taken off with the this, the karate teacher, we was both taking private private lessons, oh, Bruce Lee, right? And uh, Cobra Kai, yeah. She was, and then she ended up, and he karate. was like, I've never heard this story. Before. And he Hold was on. like Reverend such and such, you know. He was this Reverend that was teaching karate, and mm. and so they ran off together, right? And what was I supposed to do? Beat the karate teacher up? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Did you make this up? No, this is a true story, bro. <laughs> yeah. I cried all the way to Nebraska on this one. Coming to Peacock near you. Yeah. And uh, so, so what did I do? I, what did I do? I said, God, if that's the kind of God you are, I'm out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gonna steal my lady like yeah, that? Yeah, you, you, you sent the, the, the you know the Reverend Karate uh, homeboy over here to take my girl. Yeah, I'm out, God. So I mean, and Weddle don't know Bruce Lee. Yeah. No, my ninja skills wasn't there, bro. No, but oh, I mean, but funny. you see what I mean. Hey, I just want y'all to know this was a real you know bad place in my life. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and y'all over there laughing hard at me. Bro. Shout out, <laughs> shout out, Ralph Macchio. Uh, <laughs> I had no Mr. Miyagi in my life at that time. Oh, man, that's funny. Hey, I'm sorry you had to go through that, David, but it was really funny. Yeah, I thought I got. I, hey, listen, I got a girl at the house, and now that she holds it, yeah, down, she holds yeah. it down. Shout right. out to all the faithful women that That's hold right. it down. Y'all missed out. But going back to what uh, Caesar was touching on about the 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 Bible studying and not mentoring singles, you know, men mentoring women issue and it's not a really I think I think it's more of a is their Christianity whether they're 40 years old and just coming to Lord or they're 20 years old I think it has a lot to do with their their Christianity level and where they're at and the doors that they're opening and that's something that I strongly believe in as well is that men should mentor women and women should mentor men in any confined environment where there's going to be an opportunity for them to open a door like that mm-hmm. and because it has a long-term effect in them and how they're going to serve God because they're they're young in their walk and now they're affected long term Mm-hmm. Because it's something that's going to affect them forever, for the rest of their life. Because someone took advantage of them that was proclaiming to be a believer. Yeah. And there was going to be a mentor, whether it's a woman or a man. Because a lot of times we always reflect on the man. But there's a lot of women, too, that are trying to mentor men. And we got to let them know, hey, that is not cool. This guy, he's vulnerable. Right. And he's, his yeah. intentions might not be to learn the word. His intentions are to get in your pants. And we need to be able to discern that and separate them and tell them, hey, you need to go hang out with brother so-and-so and let us sisters do what we need to do. Yeah. Because it's, but it's it's a difficult situation because they don't listen. Right. They, they think that we are just trying to keep them from enjoying things in life. But it's the best thing in life is to go under authority and, and allow that authority to speak into your life and be guided by that. Because the person that you submit to is going to look for, is going to look for your for your your better being throughout your life, not just for this moment or this season, to help you have a better understanding as a man or woman of God, because it's it's all about building your discipleship as a young person in the Lord, 
whether you're 20 or 40 years yeah. old. Yeah, it's which, your discipleship in the Lord. And uh, that's something that we have to go get a, get a, get into in tune with what God is doing for us because it's there's a there's a there's a lot of great leaders that fall into that and they never rebound and they fall into the wayside and it's sad because we see that and they have the potential I've seen it a bunch of times I'm sure each and every one of y'all have seen people that come to our church that have the potential to be great leaders and they fall into that sin of temptation and they somebody comes in and then they don't want to come back or this and that and it has a, a life changing experience on them and it's not, some, not just them but the people that are looking to them as leader yeah. as a, as their leader and they can, I mean they can destroy Christianity you stole my punchline but it's okay <laughs> which, which, which is a really good conversation for this next question that I have it's, so what do you what do you do as a married couple whether you or your spouse whenever you are encountered with being in one of those situations where you're with the opposite sex and sometimes it's unavoidable I, I get that but we don't put ourselves in those positions right but what do y'all do whenever y'all y'all uh are encountered with something like that but let me say this real quick before y'all get on that so this is specifically for husbands and wives if you have not said your i do's guess what you're single you are single listen to me right now those that are listening right now people that are not married stop acting married yeah. You're not married. What? Even if you have an engagement ring on your finger, you do not own that other person because your vows have not been made before God. Whenever you, that happens, then y'all belong to each other. Y'all own each other. Okay? But up until that point, you are not married, so stop acting like you're married. So, what do y'all do whenever y'all are encountered with uh, that situation where there is somebody of the opposite sex? Um, well, I can tell you what I've done in the past. Uh, and, and let's try to keep these answers as short as possible so we can keep this thing moving because I know we all we all you the main one I know I know and, and, that's, what <laughs> and that's what I'm trying to say I'm, I'm talking to myself um, I thought it was testimony time earlier <laughs> <laughs> um, I've done a couple different things you know keep kept doors open uh, I've actually even called my wife on the phone mm-hmm to be on the phone while we had these conversations, you know? Uh, so just put certain things uh, in place um, that we can, uh, that we can protect ourselves and protect the people that we're talking to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. James, do you have anything like that? I haven't really had any, uh, I'm trying to think of like a situation where I've been in where this would have been like an issue. I haven't really had many issues like that. Um, I you think just constantly this is one of the things, yeah, where it's like it's better to avoid the situation instead of like trying to fix a bad situation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, uh, remember that, what was that um, marriage seminar thing we did like a couple years ago um, where I won that book? David, what yes, was it called? The, um, it was great. And 3D, I can't think 3D Love Conference. 3D, 3D Love. There, there we go. Yeah, I won a bunch of raffle stuff that year. I was just on. But, uh, I never win anything. Well, yeah, I won like three things, dude. I don't know. <laughs> I, I was just on it. Rigged. Anyway, I won this book, and uh, it was like, I can't remember what it was called, but it was just a bunch of like relationship advice for men and women and stuff. They had like a man version and then the women version, and you're supposed to read them at the same time and all this stuff. And anyway... Uh, one of the things they said in that book, because they were talking about this kind of situations, too, and he was saying, like, I always just talk about my wife all the time. Mm. So there's no question about, is this guy married? Is he in love with his wife? Everybody knows I'm happily married and I love my wife. And that yeah. was like, I always thought that was pretty good advice. 
you doing over there, David? I have no idea. I'm cutting these. I'm muting you. That's Russia hackiness. Yeah. All right. Our new foe. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I try to I always have somebody with me. I bring in some uh, another person to be a witness. And if even when I'm here in the office and somebody comes, I'll open the door and I'll let Shelly or Antoinette know that I'm going to be in the room with a female for them to be, you know, observing Close, or what's yeah. going on because I don't want nothing going on. Uh, nurse no closing the doors and uh, being uh, brother Josh told me that from the very beginning to protect my testimony because anybody can say anything and then it's your word against their word. And if you have somebody there, it's always better to have a, another set of eyes there so they could say exactly what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So that it's not it's not your word against their word, and and it's always uh, better to cover your tracks because uh, in today's society, uh, accusations go a long way. So yeah. right, right. So going back to that was real good. And back to questions that you need to have, right? Whether you are married, getting married, or, or whatever. Um, you know, one of them is about kind of like. One of them, is, excuse me. One of them is like regular tasks that you do around the house, right? Like, how do y'all go through uh, figuring out who who cooks, who cleans, who washes dishes, who does the yard work, who does the car, or whatever. <clears throat> Now, before we got on this topic, we were talking about gender roles, right? And a lot of these things for a long time have been assigned to a certain gender. But that really isn't the thing anymore with Latin people. I know that machismo thing is is there, right? Where the woman does everything, all the housework, all this and that. In modern day times, that really don't fly, right? But uh, how do y'all go about figuring out, you know, uh, who's doing what? Okay, so I tried this, right? So (laughs) he's all excited. I grew up around all his... Hispanics, right? So uh, I just fell in love with the culture, the food, everything about it. And so, in case you don't know, Pastor David is a white Caucasian male, and he is married to a Hispanic girl. Hispanic girl. So a now lot. you yeah. know. So, and I would just look at him and seeing how well the mom, the, you know, my friend's moms treated the, the the dad, and I was just like, "This is what's <laughs> up. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what exactly what I want." So I started dating Sandra. I, I went to her house, and it was the same thing. I was just like, "Yes." So shortly after that, when we started talking about marriage, she goes, "I'm just tell you one thing. <laughs> I'm not my mom." <laughs> And I would just like, dang it. Hey, but she also won't run away with a karate teacher either. That's, that's a good yeah. thing you got a plus there. Oh, yeah. See, that's why I never went back yeah. to white girls. Shout out to I don't think she takes karate. That's how much she likes you, man. Oh, uh, but uh, so. We, I, <laughs> I used to love going to her mom's house because I would sit there and I don't speak I don't speak uh, Spanish very well and uh, <laughs> you don't speak English. Very well. <laughs> no, yeah, I, don't speak I don't speak either. Uh, but they, I would go over there and they would like serve me my food and give me the remote control and they would speak Spanish and I would get fat and watch you know TV yeah. or whatever. And I'm like, this is what I want to do. But shortly after that, I get figured out that uh, Sandra was very well learned and she wasn't going down like that. And uh, so we had to come up quickly on what was going on. So early in our marriage, she was still in school. So she would work, you know, eight, 10 hours a day and then come home and grab a bite to eat and then go to school until Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock at night. So we definitely had a a system that we had to work out because of, you know, the her passions in life and things that she wanted to accomplish. And for her to be able to do that, I had to take on some different roles in, in, in the life, in my life. And a lot of those was... Not your typical male roles, you know, getting the kids ready for bed. I had to, you know, a lot of times um, 
uh, cook supper and, you know, clean, clean up the house. And I didn't always do them well, um, but we had to talk through those things to to to, to make sure she can uh, have the things that she wanted to accomplish in life. Yeah. Yeah. How are you, Pastor Anufo? How are uh how are, how are those kind of assignments? Uh, well, you know, I, I wear the pants and she does everything. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. It's, uh, it's, something, it's, something, it's something that uh, that if you try to live like that, your, your marriage isn't going to go far. You know, uh, and the old traditional uh, uh, customs, most housewives stayed home and didn't work. In today's society, a mo- uh, huge percentage of the wives work today. Because it's just the way life is now. It's so busy and, and everything's so complicated. That And like David was sharing, Gloria went to school and uh, she was going to school, going to work. And sometimes Gloria gets a part-time job, Gloria, and uh, she still takes care of a lot of things at the house. One thing I'm not allowed to do in my house is wash clothes. I messed up a couple loads and Gloria said, that's it. <laughs> and uh, so, but I, I cut, you know, when it comes to the outside, I do all the outside work. Gloria likes to cut the grass and do all that stuff. But I tell her, nah, you stay inside. I cut the grass. I don't need my neighbors talking about me. So. But uh, you know, we got to so work it out. As I just we, hire somebody to do it. So they think both of us are lazy. Yeah, you know, I, I try to keep uh, keep the, the the guy coming to do it and stuff. But sometimes these landscapers get busy and and they don't come up for enough for two weeks. And I need my grass cut consistently. So sometimes I got to get out there. But uh, the thing is, uh, communicating and how the all our schedules change from week to week, and that's how we discern on what we're going to do. And it really changes when you go from having children to not having children. Me and Gloria had all the kids for several years, and it was like worrying about what they were going to eat, what we were going to eat, and who was going to be where. Because the kids have their, uh, when they're teenagers, they have a busy agenda. But now it's just me and her, so we most of the time we decide to, to make a small meal or, or we go out to eat and, and catch up and have a, a good conversation. Something that we really do is uh, we turn off our phones, get off the phones, and and when we eat dinner, whether we go eat at Chick Fil A or wherever we go, we uh, we communicate. Yeah. How was your day? What did you do? How you know what what what, what hurdles did you overcome at work? What obstacles? And what is your plans for tomorrow? And just kind of doing that thing and and learning that that uh. Life is always going to be chaotic and busy, and sometimes we don't. We don't like. They'll tell us all the time, "What are y'all doing Saturday?" We look at each other like, "I don't know." <laughs> we'll let it's you know Friday night. night. It, it's it's yeah. early Wednesday, you know. Yeah. Yeah. My, my my wife and I, um, I'm kind of like organized chaos, like. Mm-hmm. You would look at everything about me and be like, "That's chaotic, right?" But I know where everything is. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's like a, it's. But my wife, she's completely opposite. Completely opposite. She's got her calendar and oh, everything she, written I down. I mean, she's yeah. got her next six months planned out yeah. with tabs and calendars and all that. And it's, which is great when you're trying to run a ministry. It's fantastic, you know. I'd, I'd, I'd really be lost without my wife, right? But but whenever you bring that into a household together and 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 you got extremely organized and organized chaos, you know, you have to have a conversation about it. And you know, and I, I just you know, I'm telling on myself because I know how I am, and it's like. Sometimes the socks just look good on the floor for me, but it doesn't look good for her. So it's like, oh man, I gotta pick that up. And you'd be surprised how how if if those little conversations how they can really build up into a powder keg if you don't address them and don't talk about them. It, learning how to express your frustrations whenever you have them are super super important. And learning how the how to communicate right how how each other communicates super important. James, y'all have anything like that that goes on in the house as far as like roles for each one or just if it needs to be done, one of y'all does it. If it if it were, t- I always look at it. If you're when you're in a relationship, you're a team, right? And so if you're part of any team, you know you're all on the same 
you know, you're on the same team. You got the same goal in mind. We're all trying to accomplish these things. So some things I'm better at, some things she's better at. I absolutely hate cooking and I'm not good at it. So if we're going to cook a home meal, she's probably going to do it. Uh, but I can I'll do the dishes if that's it. You know, I'll do my part. Whatever you whatever you can do, you do it. Yeah, I'm much better at cutting the grass and stuff. I'm stronger than she is, so physical activities are easier for me than they are for her. Whoa. So I'll probably do. He went there. We're all equal. <laughs> well, not in that particular aspect. But she's way better at me than a lot of other things. I hear so, the woke people already typing up some. Uh, it's like, no, what are you? Hit that. Whoa, 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 yeah, what's hit the bear horn? <laughs> I don't care, man. Look, I'm not worried about anybody's opinion in our relationship. Our Come relationship. Yeah, it, that's I, it. I know what works, what works for, for us. You. She knows it's work, and I'm all about being better. Do it so. Where she, if she's slacking an area, I pick up the slack for her. Yeah, if I'm slacking good. an area, she'll pick it up for me. Yeah, yeah. so we're on the team. You know? So who, who manages the checkbook? I Quick do. answers. I do. Gloria. We both, we both have our own accounts. So. Gloria manages all our money. You both have. We got two. our own accounts, man. Okay, and that brings up an interesting conversation, though. Right? Yeah. Has there ever been a, now? You two, y'all know each other really well. Y'all have a great marriage. Yeah, Anybody that knows you, uh, um, killing uh, it. But like a lot of times, and especially what I, whenever I'm talking to young people that are looking to get married, I tell them one of the first things you got to do once you get married, get an account together. Same thing. Same thing. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the thing for us. Uh, neither one of us make a lot of money. We're still like early stages as <laughs> far as like, You're like money we're both career. broke. Well, yeah. nah, man, I'm good at saving money. I'm better at saving money. I make a little bit more than she does. Yeah. So we split all the bills for everything. And since I make a little bit more generally, I'm able to save a little more. Yeah. But so that's my job. And, and I love I mean? that you bring that up because not, not every, there's not a, a one size fits all to yeah. marriage, right? And if that works for y'all, man, that works for y'all. You yeah. know, and as long as we, the bills are getting paid, everybody, you know, we're saving money, whatever. Right. But that's not, Normally, the the best for most relationships. Kind of, yeah. Why, why would you say that? Because, like, when, when you're talking about a union with a male and a female coming together as a marriage, you want to try to unite everything in the life. Uh, and in a lot of relationships, the enemy will use little things to try to create division. Mm-hmm. Um, and money's one of those things. So, um, it's really good to have those everything together. Now, some sometimes that works. I know early in our marriage, one of the big things was that we had one account, and I was I would spend money all the time. So she was threatening always to open her own account. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we wouldn't have had the one account, um, I wouldn't be who I am today because we worked through those issues. Mm-hmm. We sat down and we've talked about. You know, you can't just go on these spending sprees and do the certain things. So now that I now that I've worked on those things, I do all the accounting, mm-hmm. everything. I mean, I got spreads, spreadsheets from 2012 yeah. that tells you where every bill, every money that we've ever spent. Uh, and because of her encouragement and the conversations we've had, we don't make a lot of money. Now, if you look at our life, you would think that we made a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But we've just done really, really, really good by the dollars that we made. Mm-hmm. So... 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, for us, if we made one account, it would be more complicated for us. Like it, it wouldn't really benefit us. I can't yeah. figure out a way that would be easier if we had one account than like the way we're doing it right now. Yeah. 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 I, I, I believe like David, they should have their own uh, an account together because it's, it, it causes a lot of trust issues with them because they're feeling like, what are you holding out and this and that? And, and it's, you have to have a strong relationship for it to work the way James does. Because yeah, so we got, you said trust issues. Like we have zero trust issues. And that's, that, that's what a lot of relationships are built on Yeah, is that they have a lack of trust. And then they're wondering, well, why do you have to have your own money over there? What are you doing on the side and this and that? And how come I don't have access to what you spent? And uh, it's just a lot of questioning on that, on that area and yeah. uh, of where their money's going. But to me, I would argue that, the account issue isn't the issue in that situation. It's the trust issue. Yeah. And, why and that's, do you have and that's trust why we're issues. just talking about young people. Yeah. And it all starts with that. It's like money, the romance. Yeah. yeah. Right. And that's where they have the problem is, is right there. Right. right. When you talk about money, a lot of them, you, they're talking about getting married. You ask them, well, who's going to who's going to do all the, the money holding? They look at each other. He ain't touching my money. Well, I'll yeah. tell you right now, I had some money issues early on, but never had any romance issues. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. There we go. I no. should have hit this <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then also one of the other things that I, I encourage the, 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 you know, the couples that I talk to is that stop referring to it as my money. It's, yeah. all, it's our money. Mm-hmm. It's our money. You know, you know what Sandra does well? And I'll tell you this about money. She always says, dad's money. Dad's this. Dad's that. You know, and she's constantly building me up and making me feel like I'm the man. Mm -hmm. And it's super important in in a relationship for a wife to do that. And then there's other things that she needs to be stroked in our relationship that it's not about money. But, but you know, me being the provider and those things that strokes a man's ego. And and so, so she does a really good job. Talking to the kids like that, hey, that's dad's, and you know, dad works hard for that, and dad does this, and so she really uses that as a a way to build me up, you right. know. So, and, and since we're talking about money and all that, how how do y'all go about deciding how much you spend on entertainment? And let's go ahead and lump in like food and all that stuff as well. Well, I'm my. Uh, Wait, wait, real quick, because there's, there, there is there, there is different levels to this from whenever you're first starting off and then you have a 20 year marriage like David yeah. and all that. So. Uh-huh. So, you know, you, you move with your with your, uh, I guess, I'm showing level. them this far away so they don't see all of my bills and stuff. But that's what my budget looks like. It's every month. Everything, Man, you do have it all. You have the Excel. Man, look at that. All the way from 2012. Now, look what 2012 looked like. I was a lot more broke. Mm-hmm. You see, not as many boxes. You a know? lot less squares. And then uh, you got pivot tables and everything so um everything i'm a big dave ramsey guy yeah so and i've taught it multiple times Sandra and i've taught it multiple times so we i mean we put a name to every dollar Mm -hmm. and that's how we are able to do the things that we do yeah so so extreme budgeting for you extreme yeah uh james well like i said we don't really make a lot of money still so if you want to save money and you're not making them. If you want to save more money, there's two ways you can do it. You can either make more money or you can spend less money. So you have more left over to save. So we're all about spending less money. Yeah. Uh, so we just spend as little as we can most of the time. Of course, we go out here and there. Of course, right now it's pandemic time, so you can only do it. You can't go out as much. But, uh, man, your computer is just all messed up. Yeah, I think there's a button stuck <laughs> or something okay. on it. Yeah, yeah, we just try to make sure we're not spending stupid money on stupid things. We'll do a little bit here and there to have fun. But, yeah. you know, if we're not saving money, then we need to cut back. 
Right, absolutely. Pastor Nufo, you got anything on that? Uh, we just uh, try to limit uh, going out. We Several years ago when Gloria started breaking it down to me, that was our biggest expense was going out to eat. Yeah, and uh, when you go out to eat, you spend a lot of money. Especially being Christians, we're always fellowshipping. Exactly. I tell you, and I'm just going to give this to you. When I when I budgeted, uh, we got off the day Ramsey a couple times. You know, we just out there spending money. One month, we spent twenty five hundred dollars going like out to eat and things like that. What were you eating? I just, I mean. Our family's big, steaks so, and caviar. Yeah, so we don't do like too much like fast foods, but yeah. so we'll go to a, a steak restaurant, and it's nothing for it to be ninety bucks for the four of us, or yeah. you yeah. know something like that. So I mean, it was yeah. crazy. So we'll do that, but we just try to. Obviously, we can't afford to do that all the time. So if we're going to go out to eat, we're probably going to go out somewhere nicer and stuff. I'm not into the whole like let's go to Chili's and just get some you know average chain food, get sorry that's service that, the whole time. Too. Right now, and my wife is saying Amen. Listening yeah, because to that. if you're going to do that, she hates you're Chili's. still going to spend. I mean, Chili's, whatever. But it's just like let's say me and Terry go out to Luby's. We will not go to. <laughs> anyway, I'm not even going to go this. <laughs> but if we if we went if me and Tara went to uh, to Chili's. No, 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 we each got an entree, uh, some, a soda or something. Like we're gonna after a tip, we're gonna spend thirty plus. <laughs> no, 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 I'm turning it off. We're gonna spend thirty plus dollars. Whereas we could have gone to like a nice fancy place, got the best service, the best food, and the two of us spent maybe fifty. Either way, that's more. That's like a lot more than we would have spent if we just cooked at home. Yeah. So if we are decided, hey, we're gonna go out to eat tonight, and you know, all like we'll spend the extra ten, fifteen dollars and get the best food and the best service. That's us. That's yeah. us. Yeah, well, I'm definitely I'm definitely the spender in the uh, in the union um, because for me, you know, it's like and just like that on that line as well. If you're going to buy something, buy something that's quality because quality is going to last. It's yeah. the reason why it costs that much. But you also got to do your market research and all that as well. My wife's a lot more frugal than mm-hmm. I am. So, uh, but then also I, I just I'm, I'm involved in a lot of other things as well. You know, as far as gear and those kind of things but anyway whenever it comes comes down to it it's like look can we pay the bills are the bills paid and do we have something in savings can we yeah. afford to, to, to spend money on this well then why not i gotta ask the other question from a younger couple that you know they're looking to get married um you know they're like should i buy a ps5 you know because that's 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 the hot item right now right for no. christmas what is the hot item no, no he saying, shouldn't buy it. Five hundred dollars for a video game? Yeah, and that's if you can find it at the store. You're probably well, gonna have it's to... five hundred per game, not no, like no, for, for the, the system. console. For okay, the system, say, and then you got to pay a hundred dollars for them to hold it for you. Times yeah. have changed since I. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, was playing yeah. The video game. Yeah, I mean, the good thing it does play like the the previous generation games. Yeah. So I mean, well, anyways, plus, if I'm not mistaken, look, don't allow those consoles. If you're married. Like, I don't think you should be playing video games anyway. You're about to start a family, start doing things. You got you got to go out there and make a career, do something. Listen. Well, but There's look, other think, games that you can games play. Over, okay, overrated. <laughs> After nine o'clock games, kids go to bed type games. You know, that I'm video game, I think it's industry. Game. The games are like seventy and a hundred bucks. The, the controllers, they only give you one controller. They're just you're gonna end up spending twenty five hundred dollars on a game. Look, I'll say this though: if you play board games, what's the difference between playing video games? We had a game night where we went over to what was it Chevel and Julie's house a while back. We all brought old Nintendos, played Mario Kart and stuff. We all had a great time. Yeah, and nobody was like, "Video games are the devil. You're an idiot if you play them." Nah, it's not I'm that. Not it's into the, they're over. I think they're they cost way too much today. 
the old Nintendo, you could have bought it for a hundred bucks with two <laughs> controllers and like four games. Yeah, but that was twenty years ago. Yeah, that, that, that was the same thing. That's the same thing. It's be like when I was a boy, I used nah, to work for minimum wage and I only yeah. made a dollar. Whatever. Well, the wheel. They, they're overrated. Both ways. Yeah. Where twenty five hundred dollars, you can buy a car. Where I just instructed him, I was like, look. You know, look look at how much you're spending uh, spending a month on your bills and all that, just all that kind of stuff. You have anything left over, and it's not going to be an issue. Well, then mm-hmm. why not? As much as I don't do that, but I said, yeah, hey, look, same. it's like look, like just like you said, there's going to be plenty of other games that you can play. And if you need ideas, come and see Pastor you David. Need, you don't need no controller. <laughs> yeah. Problem is when people get like they start playing them all the time, but then they're not doing the other things they need. Access. To do. But, but for them to ask that question, it's an issue. Yeah, they probably don't have enough money to buy it. He's probably going to stretch himself thin to buy a game that's way too out of his price range because he probably doesn't make that much money. Yeah. So he's trying to get justification by asking, "Well, the pastor said I can buy my game," you know, <laughs> kind of deal. You know, just hey, what does your spirit tell you? There's a question mark already. So he's just trying to draw something in so he can get somebody to help him to, to agree with what he wants to do. Pastor say we can't study the Bible together, so we might as well buy the PS5. So if you're not married, <laughs> if right, you're so married, you need to study. Thing. <laughs> this is the other thing. I mean, he'll be at home. He won't be out trying to hang out with his buddies all the time. He'll be at the yeah, house. That was the other thing know where he's at. You're gonna go spend money on going to the movies, going out to eat with your friends, whatever. You could just have him over and they could play. You know, whatever. So my son Adam, he's in he's in video games. You know, he he wants to play the new video game or whatever. But him and his wife have an agreement, like how much time a day that he yeah. can spend on them, mm-hmm. uh, because he has other things that he has to do. You know, See, he has I two don't kids play at and all. all because I know I'm either, I'm the guy who's either gonna play all the time or like I, I can't just play for thirty minutes. And then go I, get I don't stuff have time done. for it. Yeah, I ain't got time. What I do have time is maybe 15, 20 minutes yeah. every few days, but I'm not going to do that. So Y'all know I just my don't video play games. at all. You need quarters for <laughs> <laughs> All right. So just to move this along, we're going to wrap it up pretty soon because we're, hit, we're hitting that time already. But this is probably the, uh, the most. Uh, uh, the topic with the most tension in, and it's actually conflict resolution right conflict resolution is very very important in any kind of relationship whether it's with your spouse uh, spouse uh, best friend whatever learning how to have co- just uh, meaningful healthy conflict resolution into tension is so so important so um, whenever there is tension in y'all's relationships and stuff like that do y'all have kind of like a set way of, uh, of getting it resolved and uh, before y'all answer, let me just tell you how how uh, how I do it and how we, we do it in my household is that, um, and, and I told her from the very beginning, even before we were married, I said, look, I know that I have the capacity to be wrong in a lot of things, right? Um, but whenever I'm really wrong, uh, bring up bring bring Bible to me and show me how I'm wrong, and I won't fight with you. I, I will not fight with you as long as you can show it to me. Then I, I'll, I'll go pray, I'll go cry, I'll go do whatever I need to do and get it right. But uh, that's how you, you know, essentially win the argument. It's not about winning the argument. You, you know, you're winning for your, for your. For your marriage, that's that, the important. That's thing. good when you have Saint Marina at home, you know, <laughs> that can do that. Um, but not everybody has a, a not wife. Not the karate, like that. not the karate girl. Our last 3D love conference, we had a um, <laughs> we had a a breakout group called the Rules of the Fight Game. Yeah, you know, and uh, and we we talked about let's set rules before we start fighting. You know, when when you're talking about getting married, uh, to sit down and words you can say, words you can't say, 
Where can you go? Can you can you raise your voice when you get frustrated? These are the certain things. That way, there's expectation to fighting. Yeah. Well, the problem is when you don't have expectation and you don't have ground rules, you go there. You yeah. go the you go places that you know that's going to hurt them, and you do it on purpose. Yeah. But when you have those expectations, you go, okay, I'm not going to go there. We've talked about this. This is against the rules, and what it does, it keeps fighting fair. Mm-hmm. And the, but a lot of a lot of times. In relationships, we don't fight fair. We fight to hurt. And like James was saying is, we're on the same team. When you're fighting, it's not I won and you lost. Mm-hmm. It's we both lost yeah. or, or we, we both, both won. won. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's good. You, you have to set the rules to the fight game. Yeah, those absolutes are terrible, aren't they? Yeah. You never do never. this. Mm-hmm. You always, always do that. Yeah. You're like, really? Always? Yeah. Yeah. And Most of the time, okay, I'll give you that one, <laughs> but not always. James, how about y'all, man? We don't really fight. Uh, we obviously we don't agree on everything all the time, but we. I I think if you've taken it to the fight level, you're not communicating as effective as you could be and should be. Uh, it's a lot easier for me to just talk to you about something and express my idea about it as opposed to yelling at you and tearing you down the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's not a way to get somebody to understand what you're trying to express to them so we don't we don't do that we don't yell and fight and stuff we'll just we just talk it like normal uh yeah i mean i used to teach don't go to bed until you figured it out yeah Mm -hmm. i don't i don't i don't think that's wisdom sometimes because sometimes i need overnight yeah to figure things out of my head before i come and i start talking to you again the problem with most men is they won't return Mm-hmm. Right, they're going to try to sweep that under the rug, and hopefully, time fixes it. Mm-hmm. But all all that does is it just builds up a time, powder, powder keg. Yeah, it builds up a time bomb. Yeah, you right? got, you got to be strong enough to go and deal with it. You have stuff. to love your your spouse enough to come back to it and figure mm-hmm. it out mm-hmm. instead of thinking that it's just going to go away. Yeah, yeah. It never yeah. goes away. It only gets and, worse. And Pastor Anufo, to finish this off, uh, what's your take on that conflict resolution? You know. Uh, Many, many, many moons ago, we used to have disagreements, right? And, and and disagreements get kind of to the point where you kind of like don't want to admit that whatever you your suggestion was wrong. Today, it's not worth the energy you waste in it and building up that little wall between you and your spouse. It's just learning how to to uh, agree on certain things and disagree on other things. But just like you said, we're, we're a team. We got to get through this, and it's just about not who's wrong or who's right about. What can we do to make it better so that we resolve the solution as far as the things that we're doing? And, and now that, it's, that we don't have kids in, in our home, it's a, it's a lot easier because we don't have those discussions anymore. Most of it's just about what are we going to do? And uh, it's, it's gotten a, a lot a lot, a lot lot easier on us. It's harder when you have multiple children and you got to go here and, and, and they want to go to this kid's party and they want to go to that party. And then we got to have an adult party later. But when the kids are gone, it's just what y'all need to do. And it, it's, it makes it a lot easier. So we've just come a long way in, in our communication. And uh, I thank God for that because uh, God gave us the skills to communicate and, and to learning how to sometimes just to be quiet and listen, mm-hmm. you know. And sometimes that's the best antidote because uh, we uh, we say something and uh, it doesn't work out well in the long run. I think awareness, too, a lot of times you have to be aware of what's going on in the situation. Mm-hmm. Because, like I said, the enemy will come in in certain situations and start awareness. to try to um, escalate it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't have to be escalated. And then if, a lot of times Sandra and I will we'll have a disagreement. And then, like, it starts escalating. We're like, 
we're looking at each other like, what are we doing? Yeah. Like, wh- yeah. why is this going like this? And so we're like, so we'll say stop, let's reset, and let's get back on the subject what we're trying to figure out mm-hmm. and not wrapped up in the fight, but let's just discuss where it's going. And that keeps us from fighting, you know, when we start yeah. recognizing the escalation, um, which doesn't happen very maybe once or twice a year for us. So I think uh, another thing with it is usually if you're fighting, you're probably being selfish in that situation because you're point. trying to get your point across or, or maybe you just had a bad day and you're tired or whatever and you're lashing out at them and all. And like you said, being aware of whatever. So like maybe maybe Tara comes home and she's a little short with me or something like that. But And I might start to get offended. But then I'll say, oh, yeah, she just worked for you know, 14 hours today, she's exhausted yeah. and she's hungry. Maybe she, maybe she had eaten. a jerk customer come through or something. Yeah, she yeah. Probably, that was probably it. She's not really mad at me. I'll, I got to be better in that situation and not start lashing back. And then she'll, within a minute, she'll say, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just tired of it. Yeah. And we're yeah. good to go, you know? Yeah, Whereas if I wasn't aware of the situation, like David said, I probably would have got all offended, said something, and now we're actually fighting. Yeah. When, you know? It's, it's something, too, that I, that, I, that I tell a lot of couples and is that... It's used better not to use the word fight because yeah. sometimes we take that word fight and, and people think it's physical and all this and they kind of, we had a disagreement mm-hmm. right and we need to learn to discuss it because people say fight and they automatically think that you're fighting and it's not that type of fight mm-hmm. you know we're just having a disagreement a disagreement's good too because a lot of these things where we're talking about fighting you're you're not even you don't even have a disagreement you're yeah. just fighting like what yeah. are you doing yeah just yeah. for the sake of fighting you're just, yeah. you're just Arguing. mad and tired I, and you're hungry and you're I want to have the last word yeah, <laughs> I, I heard this babies. I heard this one uh, old evangelist said we said we never fight me and my wife we never fight we have intense moments of fellowship <laughs> you know as long and as they ain't having no entanglements <laughs> right yeah you know and, and, and I, I could echo all of that and, and it's uh, you know and, and, and this topic I think is so important whether you're, whether you're married or you're not or you're thinking about marriage because you'd be surprised how many people don't know how to even ask the right questions that's why you can never reach a solution because you're never asking the right questions all you want to do is get your own point across and it is what it is because I said what it is you that's know right. and, and and that's not healthy for any kind of relationship uh, let alone a marriage right so um, yeah I mean I have so many topics we can talk about but we were, we've already uh, we've hit our mark uh, uh, today it's been a fantastic Pastor Anufel thank you for sitting in today and giving us some wisdom yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah you know if you guys like what you're hearing please like share subscribe give this to a friend you know what give this to the person that's struggling in their marriage right now that they don't know how to talk to one another and say you know what the refuge project they're gonna help you out so uh yeah hey tune in next week and if you know somebody taking karate lessons <laughs> wow give them a warning you had us all rolling in here they really sound like a youtube red uh, mm-hmm.